Hey there, and welcome to There's Stories Everywhere with Eledria Hurt. You're listening to Episode 8, Fresh Dead Flowers. Fresh Dead Flowers first appeared to the public in 2014 when I published it as a part of my short story collection, Objects, Stories of Things. It has since been reprinted in Sirens Call magazine, but before we dive into the story, a word. Welcome back. You're listening to Their Stories Everywhere with Elysia Hurt, Episode 8, Fresh Dead Flowers. Without further ado, here's the story you've been waiting for. Mortimer Anthony Smith was on his evening constitutional, wherein he recited to himself the Latin names of plant species he encountered when he was stopped by a thick voice questioning. Spare a quarter? Clutching his coat, he whirled, his mind already building a man to go with such a voice, a societal weed growing up from the pavement on a steady diet of whiskey or wine rather than water, and fertilized in its own feces. He was not disappointed. Bloodshot eyes watched him hungrily as the voice asked again, Spare a quarter? No. Turning back to his business, Mortimer continued his recitation as the man behind him began to cough. Mortimer winced away from the sound, immediately attributing it to some kind of fungal infection, one that was undoubtedly catchy. That cough went on for far longer than was polite, yet Mortimer kept his back to the man. Somewhere in the coughing fit, a few words tried to slip out, but Mortimer recited over the top of them. This was his quiet time. His time to be out of doors like a potted plant set on the stoop to enjoy the rain. He intended to do exactly that. Behind him, the bum collapsed, wheezing, gasping, coughing, crying, pleading. Mortimer finally turned to look. The man's chest rose, hesitated, then fell where it hesitated again before rising more slowly. Mortimer Anthony Smith watched a man die with less fascination than he had for watching his night-blooming flowers open, but he watched. As he entertained some vague notion of contacting the police, the man's mouth, now hanging open and full of a blackened tongue, sprouted a seedling. Before his eyes it grew by inches and added leaves, then bulb, which like a lily, which unfurled into a majestic trumpet of velvet blue. Dropping to his knees beside the body, he cupped the radiant flower and inhaled. The scent eclipsed the manure it came from, as it should, considering its perfection. Now what shall we call you? he asked. The petals shivered under his breath and shriveled, the bloom breaking off into his cupped hands. No! 
the stem blackened, then shrank down back into the man's throat. Mortimer lunged for it, unaware of the tears on his cheeks, his mouth nearly making contact with that of the corpse. He pulled back as a bright light beamed down on him. Shaking, he stood, one hand slipping the bloom away from sight in his pocket. What's going on here? asked the light. I think he's dead. Mortimer took a deep breath and let it out in a long sigh. Officer, he added. The officer had already forgotten him, proceeding to inspect the corpse. Did you see what happened? He asked me for a quarter, then started coughing. He was on the ground before I knew. In his pocket, Mortimer caressed the silk bloom. The texture was changing under his fingers, becoming papery. He hid his frown by wiping his face with his sleeve. Stick around. I need to take your statement. At midnight, Mortimer Smith sat in his greenhouse, surrounded by years of patient labor, which had created him a lush jungle of vegetation, a profusion of plants, some flowering, some not, his true companions. Among them, a tiny desk, where this newest edition lay beside a carefully illustrated and labeled picture of itself. Subject retains standard reproduction apparatus, however, medium of growth is uncertain. The bloom had dried at his pressed during the brief sojourn in his pocket, yet it still held its promise. How do you come to be, my pretty? Mortimer went to bed with that thought on his mind. The next day proceeded as the one previously had, with two notable exceptions, one large and one small. The small exception was Mortimer choosing to carry the new bloom around in his trouser pocket. The large exception was that he did not make his nightly stroll to the tiny park, as usual. At 9.05, his normal departure time for his evening constitutional, Mortimer was pressing the desiccated bloom into the wound of a would-be house burglar. All the while looking away as the blood ran over his hands, he forced himself to think of it as sap. Yes, that's exactly what it was. Sap. Warm sap, which would feed his new darling all the nutrients it desired. The young gentleman on Mortimer's floor spewing sap all over the hand-selected wood was a neighborhood tough. Mortimer had seen him around and paid him little attention. He was just another city weed among a patch of city weeds, perfectly at home. At 8.49, he had rung Mortimer Smith's bell with every intention of using a rather gaudy handgun on Mr. Smith and relieving him of his valuables, or so he had stated. Except Mortimer Smith did not have any valuables as the young man understood them. What exactly would a city weed know about prize-winning orchids or heirloom roses? In his displeasure, he had seized a pot from the coffee table and dashed it on the floor. Mortimer could hear the beautiful fern cry out in pained surprise as the pot shattered, and she, from dirt to roots to leaves, was scattered across the floor. He lunged forward. They wrestled for the gun. It went off, then sat. Yes, human sap. 
all over his clothes and the floor. The young man gurgled like a forest brook as Mortimer snatched the bloom from his trouser pocket to protect it from the stain now spreading down his leg as the sap soaked in. Looking at it, he could hear himself saying, How do you come to be, my pretty? He dropped to his knees again, this time feeling a twinge of pain, and pressed the bloom into the wound still flowing. The young man screamed. Mortimer cramped a bloody hand over the boy's mouth, as before his eyes, the flower began to take root. As the boy stopped kicking, it grew from the wound itself. A velvet blossom, the shade of approaching night, the size of his fist. Yes, there you are, pretty. He scooped together a mixture of soil from the broken pot and human sap, but already the bloom was fading. Mortimer saved the flower once again, his hands only barely keeping it from direct contact with the floor. He cradled it, carrying it from the living room into the greenhouse, where he laid it down on the desk. Then he went into his kitchen and called the police. When he returned to his desk, he was fresh and clean. The bloom was waiting for him. Not as perfect, but still so beautiful. Without picking it up, he caressed its length with two fingers. I want to know everything about you and how to make you thrive. He closed his eyes against the withered sight, the first crystals of tears at their edges. If only I could keep you alive. It was 9.10 the next night when Mortimer stepped out of his front door and locked it. The selection of his newest accessory had thrown off his nightly schedule. Though he certainly wasn't old enough to need one, he now kept his jaunty walking pace with a stout wooden cane. It tapped smartly on the concrete as he moved toward the park. In his breast pocket, just visible, a blue petal could be seen. Now, shall we see if we might find some fertilizer? Pretty. So, what do you think? Did you like it? Leave me a voice message on anchor.fm or drop me a line at my blog to let me know. Now let's talk about this. I think of Fresh Dead Flowers as my character study. Mortimer Smith is not a nice man, and yet I spend the entire story in his point of view. You, as a listener, might even begin to sympathize with him by the end because I've given you a little bit of Stockholm Syndrome. I stay in his point of view the whole time, and though there are other characters, they really don't have pivotal roles in the story. In fact, if you look at it from the idea of screen time, none of them are there for more than a minute, just long enough for them to color Mortimer's world ever so slightly. His way of classifying people intrigued me at first. Thinking of people as weeds begs the question, are there people he doesn't see as weeds? And who are they? Whoever they are, they had better stay away from Mortimer and his brand new stout cane. I originally wrote this story based on a thought that I had. It was a very simple thought. What would happen 
if I had a squeamish horticulturalist who found a flower that would only grow in recent corpses. I posted about it on my Facebook, and it got a little bit of a response. So I thought, hey, guess I ought to write this and see what happens. So I did. And here we have fresh dead flowers, which I have now sold at least once and is now being turned into an audiobook along with the other stories I have in objects. I think I did a good job. All right. So once again, if you liked what you heard, leave me a voice message on Anchor, drop me a line at my blog, com, or tweet me on Twitter at Our Lady of Ashes. If you're interested in supporting the podcast, you can do so directly through anchor.fm or through my Patreon at www.patreon.com slash Read on, story fiends. <laughs>